the New York media has gotten soft, including you, Paul. I don't need any kind of crap from you. Take a lap defense. Take a lap special teams. Who cares? No. It doesn't matter. It sure does. It doesn't. Paul, do you know what drip is? Do we have to explain? No, I'm going to let you wear the clown makeup. Removing goalposts? How stupid is that? No drunkenness. He answered the question fine. We move on. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Shoot him, shoot. The kicker. You hear how he says the kicker. Like he's a subset from the team. Do I send you journalism lessons on Twitter? We got a lot of angry people on this podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our Giants podcast from the New York Post. Hope everybody enjoyed their bye week. But football is back as the Giants take on the Bucks on Monday night. And we're here to talk about it. And we'll chat later on in the show with the star of the Giants win against the Raiders. That would be the safety, Xavier McKinney. But let's welcome in your host of Blue Rush. That would be, of course, two-time Super Bowl champion, the Scotsman. Play the bagpipes. It's Lawrence Tynes. And our co-host has been covering the Giants forever at the post. That would be Paul Schwartz. Guys, welcome back. How was your bye week, Lawrence? Eventful? Mine was awesome. It started off really good and it kind of went on the other and I got sick. I feel better now, but I had a pretty epic three days down in Florida playing golf for Folds of Honor. And then I actually got to play Jordan's course, Grove 23. So that, that would be um, Michael Michael Jordan's course? Yes, I got to play Michael Jordan's really? place. Uh, Boy, it would have been terrific if he was there. I guess he I guess he doesn't show up at that uh, no, course. No, no, no. He, he, they were all there. They were all there. Um, I had a pretty cool foursome. I, I played with Robin Ventura and uh, Ken Griffey Jr. So I had a great freaking bye week. Do you know Robin Ventura has one of the great hits in Mets history? It was the grand single, right, Jake? The yes, grand Todd single. Pratt mobbed him at second base at Chase Stadium. Yep. You didn't know that, Lawrence, did you? you I, I, I didn't. But, what about but, Mike Piazza? You talk about Mike Piazza's great home run against the Braves the first game after 9 11. Did yep, you mention that? He was that there too? too. I didn't mention that he was there, but he was there. Wayne Gretzky was there. John Elway was there. We could go on and on. But more importantly, let's talk about the New York football giants. You, you, you know what? Down to Tampa. I, I, I do a podcast with this guy who has two Super Bowl rings. You know, I, uh, I, I, can't, be the, I can't be the only guy who can't name drop here. And, well, and it, it's very exciting. Well, you didn't even ask me what I did on my bye week. Well, yeah, I know what you did. I, I heard you on the Giants.com. You were asking questions to players. Yeah, I, I, well, I worked a little bit. No, on the weekend, there was no Giants. Okay, so tell us what you did, Paul. Well, I spent time with my family. And you know what? Mm. Time with your family is more important than celebrities in my <laughs> mind. You know? I, I don't know about that. I'll name drop. If we're name dropping here, I interviewed Henrik Lundqvist, which will air on Ooh, the Up in nice. the Blue Seat Rangers podcast. So there you go. Cuba Everybody Green, is listening. flexing. Coming out of the bye week. That's what I'm And poor Sarah had COVID during the bye week. Sarah, are you? Let's check in on Sarah because how are you feeling? Are you okay? Is everything okay? Yeah, I feel a little better. My flex is that my contact tracing does go back to the New York Giants. So that's my subtle flex. That that is, that is. (laughs) That's, Should we that's, expand on this, or is this uh, kept under wraps here? I, so, sources say that I may have contracted COVID via the New York Giants. We we may never get another New York Giant guest again here. This <laughs> this is going to be like um, remote access social distancing tracing here. Well, look, 
get better. Okay. Feel better. Yeah. Thank you. Feel better. I'm not going to send better. you any great delicacies or food because you can't taste it anyway. Right. Yeah, no, I can't taste. I can barely taste things, but I'm out of isolation on Friday. So oh, wow. it's looking up. Yeah. And me and Lawrence are under the weather too. This Paul, you're might be yes. the only healthy one on this podcast right now. I'm strong. I'm strong. Thank I you. am. I am a, not even tea. probable. I am. I am ready for a Monday night football game. Um, Lawrence talking about, you know, Sarah can't taste. Can the Giants taste the victory, do you think, on Monday night? I mean, it, this is, you know, they're playing well. They've won two out of three. And now, bang, they get the Super Bowl champs and Tom Brady. And everyone, you know, you read a lot of they've lost two in a row and Tom Brady's pissed off. So what? They're just not playing very well. And I don't know that you can fix it that quickly. They've had some injuries. The Giants are going to, you know, come out with something different, right? We've got some healthy bodies. Looks like a healthy roster. Yes, absolutely. This Giants football team can come out almost with a new identity, right? A new scheme on something. On offense. Defensively, you heard what they did to Derek Carr. They confused him a lot. Remember, I, I don't know, Logan Ryan said it. Maybe, Paul, you asked the question last week in the bye, and, and Logan had talked to Derek, and he said, Derek said, you guys confused the hell out of me with all of your disguises. So Tom Brady has seen a lot, but he can still be confused. They're not playing very well. So it's an opportunity for the Giants to go down there healthy and show the world who they are if they want to be taken seriously the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm not a believer in this. You know, people say, oh, my God, you don't want to get the Bucks now because they've lost two in a row. Well, wait a second. If they scored 50 points in both games and were rolling, you'd say, oh, man, you know, they're rolling. Look, you're right. It, it, you have to go by what you see. They're not playing great. They're not playing great on defense, right? And it looks like Vita Vey is probably not going to play. And that leads me into this. I felt it at practice this week. You know, Saquon Barkley, you could feel it. You could sense it. He had a bounce in his step. He's doing some work on the field. He's back, you know, and I think this is not going to be, look, he's not going to get 25 carries in the game, but this is not like when he first came off the ACL at the start of the year. I think he's going to be much stronger. You know, you played the game and you had to deal with these injuries. Do you agree with that? I think sprained ankle is is gone. I think he's going to be back in gear quickly. Yeah. And he's he's over the mental stuff, right? Where his he was worried a little bit about his knee. This is a this is like a player that just had a, you know, just a small injury coming up. He he's going to be hungry and he knows he's he can compete at the level that he's used to competing at and his body's going to be really fresh. So you're going to have to hit him with, with Saquon and Booker. I mean, obviously, like you said, he's not going to get a ton of carries maybe coming off the ankle. But you know you have two competent running backs. You're going to need them. The Bucks don't give up a ton of yardage running, but you know Joe Judge, they're going to try and stick to some sort of run game, keep these edge rushers off of Daniel. So, And then you get Thomas back. I think that's a bonus, and I don't know. Does well, I'm Perch not sure like- about that. I'm not really? sure about that. No. Okay. We, we, you know, I mean, he didn't practice. Look, he just came off IR, and they're just going to get him back back into practice. Now, usually that means you're getting back in the flow this week and maybe you can play next week. You know, you got one extra day here on Monday. I'm not willing to go either way with Andrew Thomas yet. Um, I saw him walk out on the field. He did not walk. He had a little something, a little a little hitch in his step when he was walking. As you know, sometimes guys do that, and then they run a 4-3. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm not sure about Thomas, and, I, and, and that's a killer. You know, but, you know, Kadarius Toney is healthier. Kenny Galladay is healthier. The last time Saquon, Kenny Galladay, and Kadarius Toney were healthy was when? In New Orleans, 485 total yards of offense. You know, And Shepard is out, right? Yeah, Shepard looks yeah, good. I, I think he's, he's, he's a little ways away. But um, look, it's something, on one hand, when you talk about the Bucs, you say, okay, enough of Brady, right? Enough about Brady. But I don't think there can be enough about Brady. I mean, he's. 
I wanted to ask you this before we get into the football part, and this is not to make you feel old. It really isn't. You're one year younger than Tom Brady, correct? Yeah. Right? One year younger. Now, if you were blessed to be able to play long, okay, kickers, some kickers have gone into their late 30s or 40s, certainly, right? Oh, yeah. Right. So first of all, do you think you would have been able to keep that drive? You know, all your teammates from Kansas City would have been retired. All your teammates from your first and second Super Bowls with the Giants would have been retired. Would you have mentally and physically, if you could do it physically, would you have wanted to play at 41, 42, 43 if you were still a pretty good kicker? I would have. You would have. Okay. They would have to take the cleats off you, that kind of thing? I definitely had things have worked out differently at 100%. Yes, I would have. I think I would still be kicking right now. Okay. No, I mean, you know, some guys just have had enough. You know, most guys want to play until they tear the uniform off. I get that. Do you think it would have been difficult? I mean, the one thing that's amazing about Brady is he literally, these 21 and 22-year-old guys can be his son. You know, he's 44 years old. Relating to this younger generation, and he's a wife with kids, and he's older. Would that have been a challenge, you think, at 41, 42, 43, 44, dealing with these rookies, you know, dealing with Xavier McKinney, who we're going to have on the podcast, dealing with Andrew Thomas, dealing with a bunch of young guys, and sometimes young knuckleheads? I mean, when you say dealing with them, what do you mean? Like, just being in the locker room with them? Yeah, just just, them? just just being, yeah. being pumped, you know. Yeah, you I can know, fit in anywhere. Than you. Yeah, I can fit in anywhere. I think that that's why I worked in locker rooms. It's like... I mean, you can put me anywhere and I'll I'll be able to have fun or enjoy myself. So, and I know some guys can't do that. Some guys are old curmudgeons and just, but I, I could definitely fit in and, and I miss the locker room and I miss kind of those young guys keep you young, Paul. Those, they do. Those, those Xavier McKinney's, some of these young guys, you visit with them and they kind of give you some new energy. So yeah. I definitely think I would be the guy that would play until I was 45, if I was. If you could have, right. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, now, now Joe Judge was with Tom Brady for eight years, right? He was a you know special teams guy for eight years in, in New England. He knows him very well. This is what he said. You know, you mentioned about, you know, trying to trick him and try to disguise Tom Brady. He said, Tom's extremely intelligent and has seen it all. He's going to figure it out. That's one thing. You're not going to trick the guy. Is that just Joe Judge talking before a game? Or do you think he really believes we, we can play well against Tom Brady, but we're not tricking him? That's uh, Tom Brady has a lot of respect for him, has coached with him, won Super Bowls with him. He's not going to say he can fool him. Every quarterback in this game can be fooled. I don't care how good you are. They obviously fooled him last year. He didn't have a good game last year. They had a plan last year, and I think they'll have some implements of that scheme along with some new stuff. But Tom Brady can be fooled. For as great as he is, every player in this league can be fooled. That was just Joe Judge playing nice. Yeah. Now, um, Daniel Jones has had interesting game against the Bucks, right? You remember his first game as a rookie, right? His first start, I think the Giants down, what, 28-10 or something like that? He starts, he throws a 75-yard pass to... Friend of the podcast, Evan Ingram for a touchdown, running, throwing. Uh, I mean, I was I was there, and it was amazing. You know, and 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 you know, this is not the Tom Brady Bucks. I get that they win the game thirty two thirty one last year. Lawrence, what do you remember about that game? The Giants had a chance to beat them on Monday Night Football last year. I mean, wasn't it like a two point game, twenty five, twenty three, something like that? But the Giants were up in the fourth quarter. They were up at halftime, and the second play of the second quarter. Daniel Jones throws a terrible interception, and that kind of set the whole ball rolling. Then he threw another one. Very interesting. He threw two bad interceptions. Tom Brady beat him on the other side of the field, and right then I think something clicked in Daniel Jones that said, 
I can't throw the ball to the other team as much as I do. And, you know, he doesn't do it. Look, he had a regression against the Rams with three interceptions, but that's, I'm really anxious. This is what you want to see. I want to see Daniel Jones coming off a bye with some of these weapons. Let's see what this kid's got, right? You know, in, in Tampa. Let's see what he's got. I can't wait to see him. And, you know, uh, another Monday night football game, that's two out of three weeks are going to play on Monday night, two out of four weeks with the bye. Mm-hmm. You know, Tampa's not a difficult place to play in terms of noise. There'll be a lot of Giant fans there, right? There'll be a lot of – every time we've always played down there, you see a lot of blue, a lot of the snowbirds that move down and, and their families. But And it's a cool place to go watch a game. It'll be warm. The Giants, listen, I think fans should be excited. I mean, we're coming off a bye, healthy, get some players back. And there's there are some expectations, right? They've won two out of three games if you look at you know their last three. So they got to get on a run. They have to get on a, a run, and it, and it has to start with Tampa. I don't think people should look at this and think loss, and then you can win the rest. If you win this game, then it really boosts their confidence and, and gets them on a little bit of a run. And the Bucks are ripe for a loss. They look like a team that's trying to find their way again. Tom Brady cutting press conferences short. So this is a good time. I think the Giants are catching them in a good time. Now, look, at the last Monday night game, we were saying some of these same things about the Chiefs, right? Mahomes was not playing great. The Chiefs weren't playing great. I never thought they'd win, though. You never thought the Giants would win? Not in, T- not in Kansas City. Yeah, but they could have. You know, they, 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 they should have. I, I, you know, I don't say should have, but they certainly could have won the game. Once again, it was points, points, points. The Giants have scored 16 touchdowns on offense this year. 16. The Bucks have scored 34 touchdowns on offense. These teams defensively are four points difference. The Giants have given up 216 points. The Bucks have given up 212. So the defenses are kind of a wash right now. It's all about the points. This team, and I, I asked Evan Ingram about this on Wednesday about touchdowns. He said, yeah, we want to get points on every possession. Field goals are nice, but he said, we need touchdowns. And he looked at me and said, plus, Getting in the end zone is just a lot more fun. Fun. This team needs to start having fun and scoring. This would be the biggest victory for this team in five years if they would win this game. You know, And the beauty of it is you can look ahead and see the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Chargers at home. Okay, the Cowboys are damn good. The Eagles, the Bears, Washington. It's almost unfortunate that this game comes so quickly right after the bye because it's kind of like it, it could be a buzzkill if they even if they play well and don't win because they need to mount as many wins as they can. It, it's I mean the Bucks are playing horribly on. I mean their last if you look at their last two on defense, they've given up sixty five points. That's thirty two and a half. I mean that's that's a lot of points. And and Heineke tore them up the other night. Yeah. Now, so, now one guy who is, you know, and it's your old guy. And I want to, you know, we talked about Tom Brady being ageless at 44. You know, your former teammate helped you get your second ring. Jason Pierre-Paul is 32. You know, for, for me, he's always like, you know, this 21-year-old kid. You know, he's hard to yeah. think of him as a 32-year-old. He's had a, a, a broken finger. He says he's playing with a torn rotator cuff, which is mind-boggling to painful. think of. You know, he, he painful. And, and you know, look, this guy's body, I mean, you might as well take a baseball bat and just bang it around. Yeah. I mean, his body has been battered. Wait, so he has a broken finger and he's missing part of a finger, right? Or a couple of fingers. Well, he, he's his one there's hand a, is... You there's know, a one, new medical term for that broken finger. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> no, look, I mean, this, this guy has been... He was in a terrible car accident when he was... Two of them. Bucks. He's been into... He had one here as a giant, too. I mean, remember around the practice facility? So Jason Pierre-Paul lives life very fast. 
One of my favorite teammates of all time. Love him to death. Yeah. God bless him. You know, I hope he lives to be 100. At age 50, his body is going to be crying out to him saying, what the hell did you do to me your first 30 years of your life? You know, but, you know, he is not playing the way he can. Uh, Bruce Arians said the other day, he plays in pain better than any player he's ever seen in his career. How about that? That's something, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But obviously, if you're not effective, you're not effective. I mean, if you're playing with a shoulder and a broke finger, I mean, that's two pretty important body parts for a defensive end. So hopefully we can take advantage of some of their their nicks and bruises because um, this would be a big, big win for the Giants to get, you know, kind of spring them forward into the second half of the season. Let's make our picks then, starting with you, Lawrence. Saquon's back. Do the Giants shock the world and win in Tampa? By the way, will you be watching the Manning cast of the game or the regular broadcast? No, 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 no. So we, I, I briefly discussed that on Twitter. I cannot watch Peyton and Eli in a game I want to watch. Like, feel it. I want to hear it. I want to feel it. I want to hear the crowd. I want to hear the announcers. No way. Um, I may check in with them later, maybe. I don't know. But no way. I'm going to watch the regular broadcast. So having said that, I'm going to pick the Giants to win this game and get on a run here in the second half. I'm going to pick them to go into Tampa and make Joe Judge's biggest win of his career, Daniel Jones's biggest win of their career, and they're going to win 27-24, to Giants. Wow. Uh, Is it on a Graham Gano field goal? No. No? They're not feeling that. They'll be ahead? Okay. But no. It's not going to be a buzzer beater. I thought that was a guarantee of being good old field goal. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> going to be the difference. I don't want to say it's at the buzzer or three points. I'm going to cue the, cue the bagpipes We're going there. to cue Paul, the bagpipes. Well, look, I mean, shockingly, I am I am actually kind of optimistic about the Giants. I'm a little bullish on the Giants. If they were a stock, I think I would buy them now. I just have a good vibe with them. You know, I think Saquon makes a big difference, and, and, and he gives everybody energy. Now, I would like it a lot better if I knew that Andrew Thomas was playing. I, I can't say that right now. He makes a big difference also. But <laughs> I'm not going to pick him to win. I did. I am going to pick him the cover, uh, 10 and a half points. I, I'm not going to go as far as a win, but look, they need to win every game they can. But I still think even if they lose and they play well, it can be somewhat of a springboard to the easier part of their schedule. They are, what, a game out of the playoffs right now. I'm not a guy who wants to talk playoffs when a team is 3-6 and six at all. But, you know, I'm not. It just, look, it, it, it's a lot to ask them to go in and beat the Super Bowl champions. I, I, I get that. If they do, I will then be totally bullish on them, and I will look at their schedule and say there's no team they can't beat if they can win this game. That's all. All right. Well, I'm going to take the Bucks here. As, as much as I want to follow Lawrence's lead and – and uh, get the optimism going. I just can't see them winning. They, listen, they got five winnable games on the schedule ahead. So if they do win this, yeah, it does make things interesting because remember there are three wild cards, so they could sneak in as a seven if they go on a run. But I'm going to say 34, 24 bucks so the Giants do cover. Sarah, who do you got? I'm just like really shook at Paul's optimism. <laughs> like the <laughs> yes. whole time I was like, Paul, Paul's going to pick them to win. But, but, but alas, he did not. He didn't, which actually <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of glad you didn't because I don't know in the last two years that we've been doing this podcast, have you ever picked them to win? Well, I, I, I probably once or twice. They've only won nine <laughs> times. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I'm yeah, I can't pick them to win. But I think if the defense plays well again, they can keep it close within a possession. I'm going 20, 27 bucks. That's just to save myself. Your contract tracing has you uh, picking against the Giants now. <laughs> contract. Contact right. tracing. Contract, contact. Andrew Hotz, what do you got? I'm going to follow LT's lead. 
And I, Let's I'm, go. I'm optimistic about the Giants. I mean, look, Tom Brady hasn't lost three games in a row since 2002. The Giants mm. haven't won a primetime game under Daniel Jones. The Giants haven't even won a color rush game under Daniel Jones, but that's all going to end on Monday. And I'm going to pick a very familiar score just because I'm going with LT on this one. LT, it's going to be 21 17. New York football giants. Oof. There we go, too. And Defense. look at the color rush stats. You can only find those on Blue I didn't even know those are available. I'll have to call Elias, see where we get color rush uh, statistics. But those seem to be a fan favorite, those jerseys with the old school helmet combo. Well, we'll talk to one of the guys who will probably need to pick off Tom Brady if they want to win this game. And that'll be Xavier McKinney's next on Blue Rush. For the block at the right tackle to the near side. Oh, it's picked off. He is gone. Kiss McKinney. Goodbye. Pick six for the Giants. Oh, deep. Oh, he's got Zay Jones. Intercepted at the 50. It's picked off for a second time by McKinney. A pick six and a big fourth quarter interception by Xavier McKinney. Dalton in trouble back there. Throws it up for grabs and it's picked. Intercepted by McKinney. Those highlights you just heard are courtesy of Kevin Harlan on CBS and Joe Buck on Fox. And now let's welcome in our guest. All right, joining us now, Blue Rush is a giant safety in his second season with the team after being taken by Big Blue early in the second round. He was a star at Alabama Roll Tide, where he won a championship in 2017, defensive MVP in the 2018 Orange Bowl, and first team All SEC in 2019 he's coming off a monster two interception game including his first career pick six and a win over the Raiders at MetLife let's give a warm blue rush welcome to the pride of Roswell Georgia number 29 Xavier McKinney Xavier it's Jake Brown Lawrence Tynes Paul Schwartz welcome to Blue Rush how are you I'm good I hope you guys are doing well now you have a two interception game and then a bye I mean talk about Buzz Killington Xavier don't you want to be back out there and not have a week off after that kind of game yeah, it's kind of it's kind of rough. Uh, I dealt with it a little last year, having my first IMT uh, against Dallas, and then stopped playing afterwards. So it's not something that I haven't experienced before. Um, but yeah, it does suck. But just glad to get back in the groove with the team and get things back going for for next Monday. Hey Xavier, congratulations on the Player of the Week. Let's talk a little bit about your opponent this week, Tom Brady. Uh, you didn't get to play against him last last year, right? So, what do you anticipate when you when you go down to Tampa on Monday night, seeing the goat? Yeah, man. Uh, obviously, this will be my first time. I was hurt last year. I anticipate him. Uh, you know, playing, being the goat. Um, you know, something that you know he does very well, plays very well at all times. Um, and obviously, coming off a loss, I know uh, we'll get his best game. He knows he'll, he'll get our our best game. So, you know, I know that we anticipate a lot from him. Uh, we know a lot is going to be expected from us and we know we got to be on our P's and Q's to come out there victorious. Now Xavier, uh, five career interceptions with the Giants, right? Yep. Five. So you got Derek Carr twice, you got uh, Matt Stafford once, John Walford once, Andy Dalton last year, right? What will you do and how much of a goal is it to pick off Tom Brady? What would you do with that football? Have you kind of visualized that intercepting that guy? Cool. Uh, yeah, I actually I have, you know, for me though, Every game, I'm trying to get a pick. I'm trying to pick off every quarterback in the league. That's, you know, my main goal. Um, I keep all the interception balls except for one. Uh, I actually uh, gave my trainers uh, my second one from, from last game. Um, but my other ones, I, I keep all of them. I cherish them all the same. Um, they all count as, as one interception. So 
uh, it'd definitely be great, though, to get to get one off the GOAT, um, you know, knowing I don't know how many more times I'll be able to play him. So uh, it'd definitely be something that would be that'd be fun uh, for me, and, and it'd be really exciting. Roswell, Georgia to New York City. I mean, you go from Georgia to Alabama to New York. Has it been yep. a different animal for you? We talked with Andrew Thomas. We, I mean, we all we don't need to talk about it again, but the Chick-fil-A, the quality of the chicken is 100% better down there in Georgia, and, and you can yeah. attest to that, Xavier. But the lifestyle, I mean, it's got to be a different world. From you know, I lived in Waxhaw, North Carolina, and there were cows around the corner. I assume it's, it's similar down there versus New York and the big city. What's that transition been like? It's been, um, I, th- I think the hardest transition was obviously from, from uh, Alabama coming here. But still, you know, I, I'm, from, I'm from Roswell. I went to school there. Georgia and the city, Atlanta, it's, it's a city. So it's, it's not much of a difference from, you know, Atlanta to uh, New York City. Obviously, it's a little, you know, a lot more to do. And it's a lot of people doing things. And, you know, it's always stuff happening. Um, I say that's the biggest difference. But uh, it wasn't much of an adjustment for me just because I kind of figured, you know, a little bit what it would be like. And um, actually, I, I love it here. Um, I think it's the you know, perfect place for me just as far as off the field and on the field. So, you know, I think it's, it's, been, it's been great. Xavier, I need you to take your Alabama allegiance out of this answer when I ask you this question. So every year you hear Alabama could beat the worst NFL team in the NFL. You've been in the NFL for two years now. Like your best Alabama football team has no chance against the worst NFL team. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to say uh, being actually in the league and, you know, experiencing just uh, different teams and playing uh, different people. I think, uh, you know, the level of play is a lot different from college. Um, I think the guys in the the league are obviously a lot smarter than, you know, like the college level is. Um, I feel like you had to play the game a a lot differently than you play it in college. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's a that's a that, that's just something that we say you know while we're there. But uh, once we get to the to the pro level to this level, uh, we understand what what comes with the game. We understand how the NFL works and, and the work the amount of work that the coaches the players put in. Um, just how smart they are situationally and just going out there and playing is a big difference. So I don't think that that's a true statement. I think that's just something that we say when we're there just because we're, we're that confident. You know, Xavier, you know, along those lines with Alabama, you know, when you look in the draft and sometimes they take guys from small schools, big schools, you know, SEC, obviously, you know, scouts love. You know, I'm looking at this Orange Bowl where you were the MVP on defense and in that game, you guys beat Oklahoma, and you have Tua, obviously, Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs, Devonta Smith, Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Trey Sermon, and that's just the offensive guys, right? That's none of you guys on defense. How can you not be ready for the NFL after dealing with that on the field in games and dealing with that on the field in practice? I mean, that is like a Pro Bowl lineup there, and you do that basically every day, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's hard not to be prepared, uh, especially having, I've been this for a long time, uh, facing those guys. Obviously, uh, they're all NFL guys, so um, it was always, the way we prepared and just the, the talent level that we had to, you know, we went against each other every day, so there was always competition. There was always, um, you know, we were always getting each other better, so uh, it's hard not to be prepared for this level where you see uh, guys, you know, day in and day out in practice, you know, every Sunday, every week, um, there's there's a good match. Like, there's not going to be a time in the league where, you know, you could take a playoff or you can, you know what I'm saying, you could take a game off. It's, it just doesn't happen just because of 
uh, the talent level that that's here. So um, I think a lot of that, you know, I saw that in college. I played against these guys. I practiced against these guys every day. And, uh, you know, it prepared me a lot for, for this moment. Do you see a lot of similarities between Nick Saban and Joe Judge? Yeah, I do. I, do. I think, um, you know, the, the biggest thing I would say is, you know, no matter, you know, how, how we're doing, whether it's we we're, we might lose or whether we win, um, you know, it's always the same. He keeps the, you know, um, of what he's teaching, he keeps of uh, just kind of keeping us all accountable and making sure that we do our jobs. He keeps that all the same. There's never like a high and there's never a low. It's always you know evenly uh, going on throughout you know the week and and you know each game. So I think that's the biggest thing. Like even when we lost at, um, at Bama, Coach Saban did everything the same. There was no changing. You know there was no you know oh well let's let's slow down on some stuff. It was always the same. And I think. Uh, Coach Judge does a great job of just keeping us humble throughout the moments when we, you know, we have good games and throughout the moments when we have bad games. So, I, I, you know, we love that we embrace that and, and we try to go out there and obviously we try to go out there and win. Have you had to run a lot of laps this year? Uh, no, we haven't, man. We uh, we, we ran a lot uh, earlier in, in camp, but uh, during the season, you know, we didn't we didn't we don't run any we don't run any laps. <laughs> Hey Xavier, year year one to year two, typically you see players make their biggest jump. I mean, obviously the game it looks like it's slowed down for you this season. Talk about what you've improved on the most, or is it just the totality of your entire game? Oh uh, well, I think um, you know I don't, I don't I don't even think you've seen a little bit of you know what I can do on the field, and that's just speaking from you know that's speaking from confidence, and that's speaking on from what I know that. I have the ability to do, uh, you know, the game is still slowing down for me, but obviously the more I play, I'm getting a lot more comfortable. You can kind of tell throughout each game. Uh, and I've watched myself each game of just me just being more comfortable. So I think that's the biggest thing right now is just getting into my groove and, and, you know, finding the things that really work for me. Uh, obviously I haven't found everything. I'm still young. I still got a lot of learn, a lot to learn. Um, and I always, you know, try to, whatever I could do to, to get better, whether that's, asking the vets or asking the coaches, it could be anything. So uh, just trying to improve in each way and every asset of my game, just because I like to make sure I'm, I'm a well-rounded player out there on the field. You know, I've heard you say, Xavier, that you are chasing a gold jacket. I'm sure that's not an article of clothing. That is that is the, 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 the Canton article of clothing. At 22 years old, a lot of guys would not say that. Why do you feel confident enough in yourself to say that you are chasing a gold jacket? I mean, this, this is this is what I, I play the game for. Um, I don't play the game just to be uh, a, another player. Uh, I don't play the game just to go out there, or, you know, and just you know be a body out there. I, I, I've always chased greatness, you know. And coming from Alabama, obviously, you know, being coached by uh, the best college football coach there ever was, Coach Saban, taught me a lot, and uh, obviously, I learned a lot from him. So. Um, you know, I'm, I just want to be great at this game. I want to be the best, one of the best to ever do it. And you know, I work towards that every day. It's not just words. It's what I do in the film room. It's what I do on the field. It's what I do during practice. It's, you know, it's everything. So, you know, I, I hold myself accountable to that. And I make sure I remind myself each day of, you know, the goals and, and the, the ultimate goal that, that I'm chasing. I know it, it takes uh, you know, one day at a time, uh, every step of the way. Getting off the gold jacket, but staying on that a little bit. I know you have a fashion sense. You know, I've heard you say that what you wear, your sense of fashion helps me explain who I am as a person. What does that mean? I mean, you know, my jeans and hoodie sweatshirt, I guess, 
helps explain who I am as a person. You know, I don't know if anyone wants to hear that explanation. What what fashion sense do you think you have, and what does that say about you? It just says that I'm I'm really open minded to things. I'm one of those guys that's willing to learn, I'm willing to listen, um, and, and and try different things that uh, you know I may not have done you know before. Some that you know is different for me. So I think that's like the biggest thing. Uh, and that even comes into play with, you know, being out there and playing. Like I said, I, you know, I learned from the vets. You know, there, there's things that they teach me that are, I am willing to do and try to see if I'm able to do that, you know. So just being open-minded, uh, not afraid to, you know, take a step that's, you know, out of my comfort zone. I think that's the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, being a fashion person like myself and, and being a great player is to step out of your comfort zone and, and you know, see what works for you. And if it doesn't, you can always try something different. So I think, uh, you know, that's my that's my biggest thing when it comes to fashion. Xavier, how many days did Joe give you guys off for the uh, for the bye week? And what'd you do? Tell me you did something fun. Nah, I actually did it, man. I think we practiced, what, on Wednesday? Practiced two, two days, so Tuesday and Wednesday. And then we had, after Wednesday's practice, we're off until Monday. But I didn't do, I didn't do anything. Just was up here in, in New Jersey. Didn't really do much. I just just chilled at the house. Went out to eat a couple times, and that's really about it. I didn't I didn't do too much. Try to try to lay low and get my body back right for the most part. I love the sense of fashion because I'm a guy that likes to wear some things that stand out a little bit. I wear gold jackets, little ones, not for Hall of Fame. I'd be in like the chicken parm <laughs> eating Hall of Fame or something like that. But I, I actually wear gold jackets and gold shoes. So I appreciate your style. We gotta we gotta teach Paul a few things from the the hoodie and jeans session is playoffs in the discussion with you guys. I know you're three and six, but you know, the wild card spots are open and up for grabs right now in the NFC. Is that something you guys are discussing in the locker room? No, we don't discuss that, man. Uh, I'm going to be honest. We know for us, we just got to take it one day at a time. We've actually had our, our, our meetings and, and uh, we, we know we got to take it one day at a time and, and take it, uh, you know, one practice at a time, one play at a time, uh, one meeting at a time. So that's kind of how we operate. Uh, we don't try to get too far ahead because we know, obviously, it takes a win each game. You got to go one one and know each week. And uh, we know that. So. If we're able to do that, then I think we'll be able to, you know, get to, you know, where where we want to get to. But like I said, it, it takes, you know, to to be one and zero each week, and that's how you get to the to the goal that that you want to get to. Now, Xavier, this team, the Giants, have had a incredible amount of trouble winning primetime games. You know, you guys lost on Thursday night this year. You lost on Monday night earlier in Kansas City. Now you have another Monday night game. I think the Giants have lost their last nine games in primetime. You're a guy who played a lot of primetime games in college. Is there something different about going under the lights in a nationally televised game? And what can you kind of do to help end that Monday night? I think you just got to go out there and, and be prepared and be ready to execute. I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, we've been challenged with. We just got to go out there and, and get the job done. We got to everybody, all 11, whether that's on offense, defense, special teams, all 11 have to do their job and do it do it the right way. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing for, you know, for games. Uh, I don't think it's just prime time. I think it's all games. Because all games matter, at least to me. So obviously, I want to win every game. But you know, sometimes that don't work out. But it's all about getting better and trying to figure out what you need to do to to get those get those wins. But I think the biggest thing is just going out there and being ready to execute and and do your job. And and you know that that's that's what helps you the best way to go out there and get a win. What kind of things have you done in in New York City? Your first year, COVID, everything shut down, things back open now. 
what kind of things have you got to do? Not much. I'm, I'm kind of like a chill guy. I don't do too much. Kind of like a homebody. Play the game a lot. Um, that's pretty much all I do. I play the game. I watch a little TV and uh, I go to work. That's pretty much it. Uh, I don't do a whole bunch of stuff other than obviously if I'm going out to shop and, and, and buy some clothes or something, see different different things. I like, I'm into art too. So, But other than that, I haven't done a whole bunch of stuff, to be honest. Where does Xavier McKinney shop? Are you at like Balenciaga, Prada? Where are you going? <laughs> no, nah, I'm not a, honestly, I'm not like a, a, a huge uh, designer guy. I like designer and it's, it's, it's fine. But like I said, I, I think uh, I'm just into, you know, whatever I like. I don't think fashion is is designer. I think I think a lot of people get that confused because a lot of people think that fashion is just designer, but it's not. It's a whole different level when you, when you talk about you know how how to dress and and kind of what to wear or how to put it together. So for me, I, I go with what I like and and what I see myself wearing and and you know what I can look good in. So that's how I, how I see it. All right, last one. I saw you posted about Kanye, Donda, CLB, or Silk Sonic. What are you going with? Oh man, I'm gonna have to go with uh, I gotta go with one. If, if you're if you're jamming one in the locker room before the game, I personally say Silk Sonic because oh. I've had that on repeat. But what are you going? With? Wait, Silk Sonic? Who who is Silk Sonic? Oh no, Xavier! Come on, bro! It's the new album, Anderson Pack and uh, Bruno Mars. You gotta listen to it. You guys are gonna have it on the lock in the locker room this week. You just put me on with some because I didn't even I haven't even listened to that. That's but why I'm here, the, bro. Out of the two, Donda and CLB, uh, I like both of them a lot. I don't. I don't really, I can't choose one. Uh, I'm a fan of both people, so I, I can't choose one. But I need to listen to that. That You said Bruno Mars? Just look up Silk Sonic, whatever you use, Spotify, Apple, listen to the album, and you could jam to it. You could make love to it. it you do whoa, everything whoa, to it. Whoa. it it's that, the man it's is that playing kind of football. Album. The man has got games to play. I'm telling you, give it a listen, and you let me know how He's good it is. He's trying to pick it's, off it's Brady. He's trying to get pick number six. Of his career against Tom Brady on Monday night. And I, right, I'm, well, don't, don't I'm, calling, it. On Monday, I'm but... calling it 2-9. You're going to get one on Monday. Yes, sir. For sure. I appreciate that, man. Uh, Xavier McKinney. Follow him on Twitter at McKinney15 underscore and Instagram as well. Good luck against the Bucks. Good luck the rest of the season. And we appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all for having me. He's not human. All righty, Lawrence, you want to close out the show, Mr. Scotsman? <laughs> I really do, Jake. Thanks for asking. That's us. Cheerio to episode 86, the Darius Slayton edition of Flu Rush on the Air Giants podcast. You know you sound like the donkey in uh, Shrek <laughs> when you do that. So if you want to talk like donkey and Eddie Murphy, uh, we'd love to hear it. Thanks to Jake Brown, Sarah McCrory, and Andrew Harris for producing the show. You can always give Blue Rush that wee bloody five-star rating. An Apple podcast, Shabbat Shalom, Lachayim. And uh, of course, thanks to Paul Schwartz for hopping aboard. You can follow him on Twitter. That's NYPost underscore Schwartz. You can follow Lawrence Tynes at LT4Kicks. Lawrence, take it away. You sound like a bloody pirate. We return to your eardrums on Tuesday morning following the Monday night Giants-Bucks game down in Tampa. Speaking of pirates, enjoy the game, folks. And as always, thanks for supporting Blue Rush. Sweaty dog pooping at halftime.